Here is an important message for all horses. The makers of Dobiroid's Magic Horse Rejuvenators announced some new exciting additions to their range. Is your horse overweight? He can look five pounds lighter in a Dobitex horse command. <laughs> when my horse meets his friends for a drink at the Hilton, what does he say? Dobby bra. <laughs> And now the show that nine out of ten horses prefer. Round the horse. The story so far. Still on the trail of the whistling mouse nobbler, nightclub hostess Otto von Potros, disguised as a Trappist ferret breeder, <laughs> makes his way on skis to the top of the Eiffel Tower. But who is Clog Potter? Where are Dimitri's trousers? Why did the man with the metal nose behave so strangely with McWhirter's blancmange? <laughs> Here is the man who alone will answer none of these questions, and several others besides. Kenneth Hall. And uh, that was Douglas Smith, who wishes it to be known. <laughs> but from the way he's been acting lately, it's pretty obvious, really. Now the uh, answers... The answers to last week's questions. First, the odd man out. Well, the answer was, of course, Kenneth Wollstenholme. All the others can be stretched to twice their length. <laughs> next, uh, next was the complete the lines from the following songs. Firstly, I'm going to wash. Well, the answer was, that man right out of my hair. And not a lady in Barnstable's washing for three weeks. <laughs> but thank you, and a nice try, Mr. Alan Freeman. <laughs> Finally, we had I get a kick out of. Well, uh, Mr. Gruntfettock of Hoxton, uh, I think we all know what you get a kick out of. And on looking at the list you sent me, it's my considered opinion that you're running a severe risk of doing yourself a permanent injury. Besides, it doesn't scan. You can't sing, so tell me, how can it be true that I get a kick out of drinking metal polish strain through a football sock? All right, Smith, the announcement. This is strangely attractive, leggy gamma Douglas Smith. <laughs> Announcing a new feature, the Kenneth Horn Theatre of Suspense. Somewhere between waking and sleeping, between the conscious and the unconscious, between Hounslow and Hammersmith Broadway, <laughs> lies an area of the mind where strange things happen. Come with us now through the gateway of the supernatural, up the eerie passage of fantasy, into the area we call... <laughs> The Twilight Sanctum. What do you call it? <laughs> <laughs> the Twilight Sanctum. My name is Gladys Harbinger. <laughs> Sir Gladys Harbinger. And um, how I came by that name is of no importance to the present narrative, so mind your own business. My mother hailed from a small village in Cornwall. It was said that on a clear day you could hear her for miles. <laughs> I was on a brass-rubbing holiday in the West Country when the events... <laughs> when the events I'm about to relate took place. 
It was a cold October night, my car had broken down, and I was miles from Lou. <laughs> I decided to make the best of the situation and look for lodgings in the neighborhood. A distant light guided me over the lonely downs to an old inn set back off the road. Chicks that be coming my way. Well, not exactly, no. Be ye man, or be ye ghastly manifestation. Because if ye be man, ye be welcome here. But if ye be ghastly manifestation, use the tradesman's entrance. <laughs> I was uh, looking for a bed for the night. Ah! Ah, get thee gone from this doomed place. We be all doomed here. We've got a touch of the doom here. <laughs> I've seen things. I've heard things. I've touched things. <laughs> I've smelled things. Don't ask me what I've seen or heard or touched or smelled. Because I wouldn't tell he. No, don't he ask. Don't he ask. Well, uh, I wasn't going to. Uh, <laughs> don't he ask me about the headless horseman, how he comes a galloping by about this time. See, there he be now. Where? He's just manifested himself in the rhododendron bushes. <laughs> There he goes, there he goes, a galloping toward the five-bar gate. Aye, he'd be fine on the flat, but he'd be useless over the sticks. <laughs> but I'm forgetting me manners. Come on in, young master. Young master. <laughs> Come in, young master. Old Jem's not used to company. Old Jem, he'll make you right welcome. Nothing's too much trouble for old Jem. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Unfortunately, it'd be old Jem's night off. Oh. So you'll have to put up with me. I be mad Tom Thighblast. Ah, so if you be set on staying the night in this accursed place, I'll get me wife to show ye to your chamber. Quivering Meg! Quiv! <laughs> there be a stranger here. Where be ye? Mad Tom wants ye. Here I am, darling. <laughs> yeah, I ain't as mad as I appear. <laughs> Show the gentleman to the tower room. No! No, Tom, no! Not the tower room! Why not the tower room? Well, I have made the bed. Ah, oh, well, in that case, put him in the phantom abbot's room. It's got hot and cold running. <laughs> Running what? We don't know. But you can feel them scampering over your face. The only trouble is that the Phantom Abbot's room is occupied. Who by? The Phantom Abbot. <laughs> You'll be all right, because it's a double bed. He don't take up much room. He keeps himself to himself. He does. Ah, ah. The only visitation you're likely to get is his phantom clammy feet in the small of your back. <laughs> and if you want anything during the night, just scream. <laughs> 
As you may imagine, I slept but fitfully that night. I was awakened at 3 a.m. by what sounded like the thudding of giant hooves and the champing of giant jaws outside my window. I slid quietly out of bed. While you're up, Gladys, get me a glass of water, will you? <laughs> Certainly, Abbott, I'll do that. I crossed to the window, and there in the forecourt of the hotel was a huge, shapeless grey creature with great bulging pink eyes and enormous whiskers. It was like a 20-foot-high Gerald Nabarro in a fur coat. <laughs> the moon illuminated its ghastly face as it pressed against the window pane, and then, just as suddenly as it appeared, it vanished again. I was petrified. Sleep eluded me for the rest of that night. After breakfast, I decided to pay a call on an old friend of mine who lived in the neighborhood, a certain Brigadier Grope Mannering, the eminent big-game hunter and amateur taxidermist. His man, Grunter, answered the door. Well, goodness me, sir. Isn't it Sir Gladys Arbinger? Yes. Mummy! No. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> well, Grunter, my good man, kindly take me to your master. Yes, sir. This way, sir. He's in the den stuffing a gorilla. Oh. Up the chimney. <laughs> Keeps the draft out. <laughs> Sir Gladys Arbinger to see you. You're coming, old boy. Glad to see you. What brings you to these parts? Well, Grope Mannering, you're something of an expert on strange phenomena. I saw some things last night so indescribably grisly that I, I never want to see anything like it again. Do you know what it is? Not Mrs. Thursday. <laughs> A huge, grey, furry creature with whiskers and big staring eyes. Yes, and all I can say is that if there's something strange going on in the neighborhood, it emanates from that house on the hill. Belongs to Professor Ludwig von Nosepasture. He's engaged in experimental work for the government. Perhaps he can throw some light on the mystery. Hello, you wanted to see me? Uh, yes, Professor. Well, come into the laboratory and close the door. Extraordinary equipment you have. Curious test tubes and what strange retorts. Well, I don't write the script, Ducky. <laughs> but I can see you are curious about the nature of my work. I'm engaged in experiments to try and increase the world's food supply. As you can see, I'm in the middle of an experiment with this chicken. You see this chicken here? Yes. Oh, well, I've, I've injected it with my new hormone preparation. And now, observe, she is about to lay... Come on, girl. Good heavens, it's eight times the size of a normal egg. Precisely. That's what I call going to work on an egg. <laughs> Marvellous a housewife. Not so good for the chicken, of course. <laughs> First time I've ever seen a chicken go red in the face. <laughs> now, what other experiments are you working on? Well, food-wise, I'm working on several. There's my project, cross a cow with a pig. Yeah, what do you hope to get from that? Veal and ampie on the oak. Also, I'm working on a scheme to cross a pig with an armadillo. I'm going to call it a pigadillo. <laughs> yeah, very good name, yes, but won't it taste awful? Yeah, but just think of the crackling. <laughs> Mostly, no, seriously, though. No, no, seriously, I'm working really on my hormone experiments to increase the size of animals. In this way, we'll be able to produce animals large enough to... Professor, Professor, the mouse has broken 
out of its cage and escaped. The mouse? The, the one I was experimenting on. Quick, after him. But surely a mouse can't do much harm. This one can. It's 25 foot high. Good heavens. That must have been what I saw outside my window. A monster mouse. The mind boggles. At 25 feet high, rogue mouse can be an ugly customer. Come on, we must follow its spewer. But surely a mouse doesn't... <laughs> Surely a mouse. But surely a mouse doesn't leave Spur. Well, wherever he leaves, we're following that. There he is. Look, there, nibbling that oak tree. Good heavens, he must be nearly 30 foot tall by now. We'll have to shoot it. Hand me my gun. Which one? The mouser. <laughs> Stand your ground, Miss Lust Tippet. Uh. <laughs> they can smell fear. I can smell it myself. <laughs> it's going to charge. Don't shoot till you see the pinks of its eyes. Get behind that boulder. I'm going to let him have it. I'm going in the leg. Look out! Look out, Professor! Look out! Good heavens, he's picked the Professor up in his paws and... Uh... Here, no, stop messing about. <laughs> don't... Don't look, Miss Lustipit. It's not a pretty sight. <laughs> Giant Mars escaped due to the only three good legs. We knew it couldn't get far. Every grocer in Exeter was asked to cooperate, and by dawn next day we'd assembled four tons of gorgonzola cheese impregnated with a deadly poison. The mouse sniffed the cheese, took one nibble, and... <laughs> the cheese had done its awful work. But unfortunately, no one could get near enough to remove it, and so it lays there to this day, four tons of slowly decomposing gorgonzola, not to mention a 30-foot mouse. Oh, well, it should help shift traffic on the extra bypass. <laughs> and now, here are the Fraser Hayes Falls. Everything is rosy now Looking at the world and everything that passes Seems a rosy hue somehow, somehow Why do I feel so spry? Don't wink your eye Didn't guess, I'll confess That someone just said yes In a bungalow all covered with roses I will settle down Looking at the world through rose-colored glasses, everything is rosy now. I've said goodbye to Mr. Sorrow. How do you do, Mr. Joy? No need to worry about tomorrow. Now everything's coming up. Roses for you and for 
Clarkson Rose, the summer show producer, celebrated his 50th anniversary in show business and many stars gathered to pay tribute to his long-running twinkle. Well, this set me thinking. I thought, well, if Clarky can do it, why not Horny? So I took a lease on the Pier Pavilion at Bogmouth on Silt and set about auditioning acts for my show. Thank you, we'll let you know. Oh, but, Mr. Horn, I haven't shown you my acro with the ferret. Well, I think we can take the ferret as red. Keep in touch. Next, please. Sorry I'm late, Mr. Horn. I had to move from Brixton. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, that's all right, Mrs. Uh, uh, Mr. Mrs. Mr. Desmond Grapple. Oh, you could have fooled me. <laughs> Panto Dame Specialities. Richard, me agent, sent me up. Oh, it's a They're hardly surprising, are they? <laughs> Now, uh, what sort of experience have you? Well, I've done all the pantos, Mr. Orne. I was an ugly at Bolton last year, and of course, this year I was going to do me Aladdin. I- I'd had me twanky fixed, but unfortunately it fell through. Well, so... uh, never mind, it doesn't notice. Uh, would you like to do your audition piece now? Yes, I'll just give the pianist me parts. There you are, dear. Right, now, nice, steady four and tacit for the patter. I'm Bess. Bess. Best of the ATS, though sugar may be rationed, I'm the sweetheart of the mess. Oh, oh, girls, how do you like me undies? Yes, I, I made them out of blackout curtains. <laughs> oh, but I've got a boyfriend, he's a free pole. I think he's only going out with me to get his hands on my spam ration. <laughs> oh, yes, and what about the meat ration? It's so small, I wrapped mine up in a bus ticket and it slipped through the punch hole. <laughs> Still, we won't let Hitler get us down because we may be short of nylons, of oranges and beer. But the GIs now have landed, so girl, let's give a cheer. They're overpaid, they're oversexed, but at least they're over here. Yes, I'm best, best, best of the eight years. Oh, yes. There. There. There, Mr. Orne, what do you think? Next, please. <laughs> but you haven't seen me Winnie the Wife. Yeah, that's true. Next, please. Oh, Next. I've never been so degraded all my life. If ever 1942 comes back, I'll call you. <laughs> Next. Salutations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Allow me to present myself, the great Omi Poloni, the world's fastest illusionist, and also the dampest. <laughs> Music maestro, please. Oh, let the demonstration commence. <laughs> First, a few simple tricks. 
Quickly shut the hand to see if the eyes. Observe a perfectly ordinary pocket handkerchief. I fold it thus and thus. <laughs> and then what happens? I wipe my chin. <laughs> now, after that, I squeeze into a ball and hey, presto, flags of some nations. <laughs> The flags of some nations. Some nations. Yes, shouldn't yeah. that be all nations? Uh, yes, it should, actually, but uh, some come back from the wash a bit starched and I can't get them up my sleeve. And so do the doves. Observe as I produce doves from every part of a person. Within reason, of course. <laughs> How does he do it, you ask? Well, no, actually, why was the question that sprang to mind? Ah, you can stop. All right. All right. <laughs> Next, please. Why, it's rambling Sid Rumpo. Oh, hello, my dearie. Oh, chirrup a chirrup for the open field, for I boggle over hill and dale and dingle down in the forest area. Yeah. Well, look out for gin traps. <laughs> now, uh, what uh, brings you rambling into this audition? Now, this is for the summer season at Bogmouth. I wouldn't have thought that was you at all. Well, I thought to myself, hi-ho, for the sea salt tang of the air, where the spume runs high, and the seagulls wheel, and there's plenty of gash birds hanging about on the promenade. <laughs> oh, well, what are you going to sing for us? Well, I had a rummage in me gander bag, and I found an Irish bog wanderer's song, which is sung by the itinerant peat smoulderers as they huddle over the campfire, smouldering their peat. Which, of course, can happen to anyone if he's not careful. <laughs> and accounts for the fact that this is a sad song. It tells of a fair Colleen by the name of Molly O'Rosenthal, <laughs> a, a lummock monger who mungs her lummocks <laughs> through the streets of Dublin. It's a trade that's died out now on account of the tourists. And... She sings as she trundles her cart from door to door this plaintive lament. <clears throat> I have fine lummocks, fine lummocks have I. Who my fine lummocks, fine lummocks will buy. Bite them, you'll find they're fresh caught today. Tea light, it light, it light, um, till I boodle light, boodle light, um, till I they're the fairest ever seen. Tea light, tea light, fumbled in me rumble, um, and who will bite the lummock of a fair Well, thank you, Rambling Sid, and R.I.P. I beg your pardon. I just wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, next, and uh, who are you, dear? Sunny Mole Strangler. What do you actually do? I'm, I'm Builder's Barnsley's Charlotte Temple, Miss Vitality Plus. Oh. Well, would you like to give us a sample of your work? I beg your pardon. Would you like to give us a sample of your work? Thank you, dear. You'll have to speak up. You see, I, I don't wear the appliance when I'm working. Oh. 
You see, dear, the battery is making unsightly bulge in my tutu. <laughs> but I'll give you a sample of my work if you like. Could you direct me toward the microphone? But I, I thought you old-timers <laughs> didn't need a microphone. Oh, no, I, I, don't, I don't need it to sing into. It's for holding myself up. <laughs> dear, I'm a, I'm a little... Short of breath these days. <laughs> right. A one, a two. I'm young and healthy. <coughs> and I've got. <laughs> Good heavens, she's fallen asleep. Next, please. Next. Oh, oh, hello. Haven't we met before? Yes, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. Yes. brings you trolling in here. Well, well, Ducky, we heard you was doing auditions and we thought you'd be interested in having a Varda at our special. Well, I should be delighted to have a Varda. Mm. Uh, what do you actually do? Oh, we're very versatile. We are, aren't we, though? Oh, quite, yes. We, we do a bit of everything, don't we, Julie? Oh, yes. Everything. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, yes. Yes, we have our many facets. Many facets? You have your Sandy and Jewel, the Boner Brothers. Mm. Twenty tiny toes tapping their way to the top. <laughs> or we can do your amazing feats on the trampoline. Yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> very nice. Make your air stand on him, we could. Yeah. yeah. Thank mm. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually now, we'd like to present mm. the bewildering Julian and Co., I'm Co. He's Co. Yes. This is your actual telepathy, isn't it? Your telepathy. Telepathy. Right. Put your turban on, Jewel. Get your turban on. A bit of colour, you see. Put your turban on. Go on. How's it look? Mm. Well, very striking, but should it have wax fruit on the top? No! Gold! <laughs> right, Sand. All right, pass among Mr. Horn and borrow from him any ordinary object, such as a bus ticket. <laughs> Such as a what? Bus ticket. Something like that. Mm. And I will bewilder him by telling him what it is. Right, right. Have you such an object as a bus ticket about your person, Mr Horn? Well, wait a minute. Uh, yes, uh, there you are. Thank you. Now then, Jewel, yes. are you ready to bewilder him? Nearly. Right. <laughs> Come on, Jewel. That's going to be transferred. Going to be France, you see. Oh! Ooh. Ah! Oh. <laughs> Go on, Jewel, yes. Ooh. Go on. Oh, that's it. That's it. Mystic forces are occupying They're me. occupying him, you see. Oh, occupied you see. now. He's occupied now, you see, yes. No, you can't get through to him when he's like that, no. no. Sometimes he's occupied for days. <laughs> he is, though. No, it's true. All right, are you ready? I am ready. Right. Then tell me, what am I holding in my hand? Hey. <laughs> I... Wait a minute. Yes. Yes. It's coming through. Coming through. Yes. Can feel the waves. Can feel the waves. Yes, coming over him in waves it is. Yes, go on. I've got it. He's got it. Yes. Yes. Is it a potato shaped like Lloyd George's knee? No. No. But you're near. Is it a shepherd's pie? Oh. Look, it's... It is oblong and has numbers on it. Oblong shepherd's pie. With... No. 
Now, don't you think we ought to give him a clue? All right. Now, what am I holding? Now, don't miss the bus. Come on, that's the ticket. <laughs> bus? Ticket? Fantabuloso! Oh. Brilliant, Julie. Brilliant. Brill absolutely brilliant. Takes your breath away. It is, as you see, a bus ticket. Ticket. Doesn't that amaze you, Mr. Orne? Doesn't that amaze you? The yes. way he's got it. Yes, fantastic. I'm amazed you, isn't it? Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, look, I would have been uh, rather more impressed if he'd been wearing a blindfold. Oh, we've tried that. It's hopeless. <laughs> And they say that variety is coming back. <laughs> well, if it's anything like that, I shall lock myself in the bathroom until it goes away again. <laughs> well, that's it for this week, except to say that if you have any complaints or suggestions, why don't you put on a postcard and address them to Mr. Justin Tramwickett, the lighthouse, Nuneaton. <laughs> he won't be able to help you, but he'd appreciate a postcard because nobody ever writes to him. Cheerio, see you next week. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn, with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman, and the show was produced by John Simmons.